just want you to know that I am 18. And I have had <laughs> sex with older women before. I, it, just, it was topical. It was erotic. It, I gave it a 9.5. I still got wood. Still. I gave it a, uh, a 10. A 10. A fucking 10. Gentlemen. Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Dabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, we're in the, we're in the double digits. Week 10 in the books, moving on to week 11. Uh, I don't know what I think interesting really happened in this week, but had that, that uh, huge Bills disappointment on Monday night. But other than that, it's a, another pretty average uh week i know for me personally uh all my leagues i've <laughs> i'm already either in a playoff spot or definitely not making it so i didn't have much rooting interest this week i mean my redraft there's always a little little more uh interest let's say because dynasty a couple weeks into the season you kind of have a feel for how your team's gonna go so i i either sold out or bought in where the leagues where i had to so I have very little rooting interest from here on out, so I'm I'm just on cruise control till we get into fantasy playoffs. So, how are you, sir? And how where you want to start? I don't know the exact description that you use, but I don't think last night's outcome was shocking. The Bills are terrible. They they are. I mean, they're Josh Allen and not not they, much else. Honestly. They're and now they are better and, than Denver. Well, and now they are Ken Dorseyless. Did you see that? I did see that. Candle. That's that'll fix the problem. So, yeah, there's nothing to do with Josh Allen being a turnover machine, right? And their defense not being nearly as good as it's uh, made out to be. But we'll we'll talk about that game. Um, I'm doing well. I'm like you, right? It's uh, it's either the teams that I I'm competitive with. I'm in a good spot. The teams that I know I'm rebuilding. I, I I'm doing what's necessary <laughs> to uh. To get the outcomes that I desire. So yeah, we're in a we're in similar positions fantasy is concerned. I've had two teams among the tankers where I traded away. What's that? That one. I can't lose now. I traded away my good players, and whether it's matchups or just freak occurrences, not not specific, but like. You know, Odell Beckham had a cup. You know, I think he scored the last two weeks, which I'll talk about later. But like, like that, I, the guys I've plugged in that that sucked all year have magically had good weeks, and now I'm like in this weird spot with those teams where it's like, I either have to go ridiculously hard tank mode where I'm starting like, you know, fucking Jack Stoll, or or. I'm like, I could actually push and get in the playoffs, but it's kind of not worth it, right? Because the whole point is to get a better draft pick. So I'm, I'm, I'm tanking my my uh, draft ability there. But yeah, I, I've had a few unpleasant surprises for teams that suck. Yeah. How? Hey, before we get in, it's just out of curiosity. What are your thoughts on like potential points, optimal points, whatever the heck it's called? You know that some of these leagues base uh, um, draft picks on. I don't mind it because there's ways around that too, right? Like rosters they are, are extreme. Sure. Um, yeah. I, you know, it depends too. Some leagues, if you got, they don't include guys on taxi. So if you do have good rookies, like if no one's coming to mind, who's a good rookie this year? 
CJ Stroud, you are encouraged to keep him on your taxi squad or move him back to it if it's a league that allows it. So there are ways to wiggle around it. What I've done in a one league where we just went to it this year was uh, somebody got hurt. They go to IR. Somebody sucks. I dropped them. I don't fill that roster spot. So now my potential points are being drawn from a much smaller pool. I just have my roster well under the limit. And as long as it's within the rules. Um, but I get it. I mean, it, it's. I hate it. I, I don't prefer it, but I, I'm just Absolutely saying I, under, I understand like, it. Because, well, here's the thing. Yeah, I right? mean, I, yeah. I get like it's I, it's the. But like if you have a bad team that you're trying to rebuild and you have like two good pieces to build around, you get fucked. Like I had a team with um, Tyreek Hill that I was tanking with. I eventually traded him, so it, it doesn't fully illustrate the point, but you get where I'm going. No, it does illustrate and the I, point. You traded yeah, a good it, asset because he was too good for you to be bad enough to get a good pick. Yeah. That's yeah. That's what so, I mean, my it, issue it, is with all this, is that it incentivizes bad teams to trade away good players to continue to be bad. I mean, if yeah, people and it, it, want it, to lose, let them lose. Accept parameters in place. You have to field an active lineup. You can't start guys that are on IR or you know on bye week or any any type of that stuff. But if someone wants to lose, as long as they're paid, you know, in full, let them lose. It's I I just seeing people like like you go. You're not churning the bottom of your roster. You're leaving empty roster spots where maybe you hit on a guy that could end up being something for you a year from now as you try and get better. But you're you're not doing that right now because you want to be bad. So you're not picking up these, you know, pretend like you're not picking up Keaton Mitchell two weeks ago, right? Where that dude sure. might have value a year from now, but you're not picking him up because you, you want the first overall pick, not the third overall pick. And now next year, yeah. So you added one guy to your roster, you know, with a top pick, but you still have no depth. I that's, think that's it has. My it, issue it, is that it's, it, it's so constricting on both ends. It is. Yeah. Like, it's the laziest way to address tanking. It is. It's that. I, I it just don't see why it's a problem, right? Like, no, tanking's fine. Th- th- there's a small thing where you go, well, it may benefit teams that play this team in the second half because you don't, you know, very few people start tanking week one, right? You get to week three and you go, fuck, I'm 0 3 with the least amount of points scored. It's time to wrap this up. So you you may have won or, or sh- you may have been. I, I had a league where I was five and oh or five and one and my team sucked. I just ended up getting lucky and had lowest points against by like a huge margin. And I was like, I'm going to start tank. You know, I was like, this team might be good, but I didn't realize that they I really sucked until week six or seven or whatever it was. And then I kind of flip it. So where I had a team you know, where I chalked up wins in the beginning, if I played all their division foes in the second half and I lose on purpose, it does give them a little advantage. But to your point, too bad. (laughs) I paid my money. I can do what I want. Yeah. I mean that just having that potential points thing doesn't necessarily mean that the team that's tanking even cares to set a reasonable roster in the back half of the year. That doesn't change that. I mean, there's no, rationale behind not doing it but 
you know, schedules are randomly assigned and you're not changing the, the day-to-day habits other than dropping and trying to trade assets to make the team worse anyway, which is still helping, you know, the, the back half of the season opponents. If you're trading away Tyree kill, you know, because he's just keeping you just too good. Well, you're giving wins away anyway, at the back half of the year. So it doesn't solve that problem at all. Here, Here's a team I'm tanking with. I've won two of the last three. <laughs> I, I'm still six and four, which I'm, I'm last in my, it's a, it's a 32 team. It's set up just like the NFL. To give you a little backstory, I'm the Browns. I'm six and four. I'm fourth in my division. I would be leading the AFC East. I would be leading the AFC South, and I would be last in the AFC West. So I'm borderline a fucking playoff team with a team I'm tanking with because other teams suck so bad. But with the uh, yeah, going to the play the. What is it? Potential points from that mistaken? Yeah. I mean, it's optimal points, potential points. Depends on the site you're on. I'm number, I'm 10 by a decimal point. I should be number nine when the year is through. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to tank. My, my project, my potential points are going down. However, because these other teams suck also, <laughs> it's like the dueling tank job and they're bumping my record up. Because if I squeeze into the playoffs, I'm picking what? 16th? 14th? What's the math on that? Seven, 14 teams make the playoffs, so yeah. If, if I was the worst playoff team, I'd be number 16. So I should be like 8, hopefully, when the all is said and done. And then be 18. potential points. 32. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall 8 spots if I keep winning. <laughs> it's a weird way. Exactly. You know, you're, we're just, we're, we're doing too much to try and solve something that I don't believe is a problem. Like I I get it. If someone's a shit and their team bottoms out year after year after year, and then they want to leave and you're looking at this barren roster. Sure. But if you're making people cut good players so that their potential points stay low and they don't draft well, well, they have a shitty team anyway. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no like, correct answer to this i just think taking the the manager out of the decision making process <clears throat> is wrong just do yeah, it just then, do a best ball league then just let everyone just just do don't yeah. you know, go to best ball leagues if that's what you want if and, and unless you mean shit then then the good teams should get their optimal points too every week that's right? a pretty good point yeah, yeah. i mean yeah I just and, and, clearly I don't know if you hear in my voice. I, I have a tremendous issue with it. No, I don't want to have to figure that out. If, yeah, if but I don't want to be good for a year, that's my prerogative. I paid money, whatever everyone else paid. And I'm saying I, I'm not trying to participate in winning the, the pot <laughs> this year. <laughs> well, that's that's a, that's my decision. You yeah. know, like if I know I'm not good enough, right? Like I have a decent team, but I'm not good enough to win at all. Th- okay, that that's on me. That, that, that's for me to decide, right? That's not for potential points to decide that I deserve the sixth pick instead of the third pick, you know, in the rookie draft. And in, in my, my league where it's um, where I keep fucking winning is what I'm giving the example of. I'm getting like, you know, this from playing IDP leagues, you get some freaking IDP explosions that mm-hmm. end up winning you leagues. This is who I started this week. Are you ready for my offensive starters? 
<laughs> Mac, Mac Jones, Zamir White, Devin Duvernay, Deontay Hardy, Tucker Craft. And I won because <laughs> Tier Tart got a fucking sack in, in, as a defensive tackle for Jacksonville. I think uh, I had a safety that hit a fucking touchdown. And yeah, my defensive guys got me bonus points. I'm like, oh no. Like, I have no business winning with Zamir White in my lineup. Yet yeah, somehow, you, somehow, you? I took it down. Yeah. I mean, one, that's, that's, that's a good story for the, for the podcast, but right. It's just, you know, it's not, it's not what you're attempting to do. So you know, why, uh, why should you get penalized? I mean, granted, you, I don't know if that was your optimal lineup. <laughs> it doesn't sure hope not, but nonetheless, it was your actual lineup. Yeah. Like an IDP, like you said, throws everything in a blender. I mean, it's. And listen, I lost the team I played that I crushed. <laughs> had Roshan Johnson, Alexander Madison, Josh Downs, and Khalil Shakir, who quick math combined for 19 points. I mean, the irony <laughs> is that uh, Josh Downs didn't, I don't, did he play? He was two for 40. Yeah. Oh, he did play. I know he was questionable. Um, <laughs> Khalil Shakir didn't do shit. He had one catch in the game. Madison got concussed. Yeah, Roshan's the backup. Doesn't sound like he was really trying either, to be honest with you, John. He, he's, I mean, he, his, his starter sounded better than yours. <laughs> you didn't name his quarterback, but the rest of the guys were better than Minshew. skill position players. But No, but I, I just got the, the defensive guys. Sure, yeah. Which, <laughs> it, which was, yeah that, that adds a whole other layer. I mean, the tanking. You can start like the best possible defensive players and get totally smoked by some oh, randoms in any given week in IDP. I mean, it's just because there's such variance in like the big plays, the sacks, the interceptions, the touchdowns, you know, and when there's some extreme scoring. Yeah. I mean, well, again, going back to potential points, I mean, think about if you're a, ta- a tanking IDP team and you're like, you sure like the matchup for Kenny Moore two weeks ago and you bench him and he has the two pick sixes and you're getting, they're putting those points in your fucking lineup. Right back in your starting lineup. Yep. Yeah. Uh, conversation for another time. We, we just went like 12 minutes into it. It's just, it's, it's a good conversation. It's one of my largest issues with fantasy football now you know, is, is that I think we've kind of wrung the, the juice out of every possible format at this point in time. There's really not a lot more we can do. I mean, playing leagues where it's points per carry. We play in leagues where it's tight end premium. We play in super flex leagues. We play in full PPR, half PPR standard. We play in, you know, bonus, you know, yardage leagues. We play in IDP leagues with variants. Like there's really not much more that can be done from a fantasy perspective, but this way of managing bad teams and the draft order, I just, there's gotta be a better way out there. Just ban tanking. How about that? Listen, I, the one league I manage, there's rules in place and they're exactly what I said earlier. If you start guys that are out or on by knowingly, you start, forfeiting draft picks and I'm going to, and, and we're, we will reset your lineup for that week. I mean, it's yeah, you, you will be penalized if you actively tank. If you start Mac Jones over Patrick Mahomes and they both are active, that's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you that you should start Patrick Mahomes. As long as Mac Jones is active and starting, 
to start the game because he likely won't finish any more games in New England. But like that's all I ask of you. Guys have to be playing football that week. What's it? You, let me go back a week and give you another one. I, I'm I'm not tank I'm tanking now, but I'm not like I don't start guys that are out. I, I set my lineup on like Tuesday and then I try to check it before the games kick off. But last Sunday I was, you know, day before surgery. I was quite busy. I didn't get to all of my fucking 30 teams. I get to one team and I ended up starting Matt Stafford, who was out, Damian Pierce, who was out, and Josh Palmer, who was out. And I didn't know any of them were going to be out prior. I think they were all about Sunday morning. So I emailed the league. I go, guys, listen. I go, I fucked up. I apologize. I started three guys who are out. I just checked. I emailed them at like 10, 10. I was like, I just finally got to this lineup. My, I apologize. I'm having surgery tomorrow. I ended up beating a guy. By three points, I still fucking won against With the full three. lineup. And they kept the guys as is? Yeah, my three guys that I started that were out. Were out. Hmm. I took three zeros, and yeah, I beat a team with uh, DJ Moore, Logan Thomas, Chris Godwin, Puka, Miles Sanders, Brees Hall, and Joe Burrow. <laughs> I beat them by three. Like you, in a league you want to win, that would never happen, right? Not in a million years, ever. No. Shit draw. It would never happen. Ever. Not once. It only happens in these scenarios where you're like not actively trying to or. I I kept checking the score. I was like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Let me me look at this again. Right. Yeah. This can't be happening. Yeah. Well, what a joke. Uh, Trayvon Diggs calls out Josh Allen. Uh, Let's not forget. He didn't start going off till bro got there. I guess he's saying you should throw it to his brother more. Okay. Stay home and shut the fuck up. Even if you're yeah. right, I don't even care. Not your Re- team. Rehab that knee and shut up. Focus on the Cowboys. Right. Yeah, get ready for Trayvon. your first round playoff exit, dick face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dick face. All right, let's get into this. I, I can't wait for your little spin on this week. So we're we're gonna rock the one key <laughs> stats. Again, uh, for week 10 and running it back, starting Thursday night football, the abysmal Carolina Panthers, now one and eight, lost to the three and seven Tyson Bajan led Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Chicago Bears, 22 13. Absolutely no one on the Panthers is startable right now. Not even Adam Thielen, who has 19 receptions for 143 scoreless yards over the last three games. I, I knew better, John. I fucking uh, knew better. Listen, PPR, he's still fine. 11 PPR points per game right now for Mr. Was a top, it wasn't our wide receiver one, Adam Thielen. Just, ah, such a, such a dummy, such a dummy. I I knew it. This is exactly when he just falls off a cliff and inevitably is retired after the season. But alas, Panthers think Bears slightly better, uh, Devonta Dante Foreman had his revenge game, but uh, let's act like that game never happened. Then we head over to Germany for the last international game of the season. They were treated to a 10-6 Colts victory over the Patriots. The two and eight Patriots were heard something that this is the first time the Patriots have been two and eight since Belichick's first season as the Patriots head coach. They they are they are down bad, uh, as, as the kids say. Um, 
But to that effect, still, Demario Pop Douglas has seen seven, seven, and nine targets over the last three games, and he has 16 receptions for 164 scoreless yards during that time. Yes, Demario Douglas has outscored Adam Thielen during that same, or close to outscored him during that same <laughs> period of time. You know, readily available Liberty product, Demario Douglas. From that game on to a firefight where the Cleveland Browns somehow came down, came from behind, like, I don't know, 150 points in this game to beat the Baltimore Ravens in Charm City, 33 to 31. The Browns are now six and three. The Ravens dropped to seven and three. The Ravens dropped the 31 points that I mentioned. And Lamar Jackson, still only marginally fantasy relevant. He's QB 15 in FFPC scoring. He, I don't know how he's still a QB one overall this year because I have him so many places. And every time I start him, he sucks. The one time I can recall in the last several weeks that I sat him was against these Browns. And he goes oh, off. Yeah, yeah, runs, yeah. runs for touchdowns. He throws <laughs> two touchdowns to Mark Andrews. Guts him. Looks great. Right? So I was like, all right, well, I'm starting him. Well, he stunk. Throwing pick sixes, not running, not responsible for like any of the 31 points in this game. I think other than the one touchdown pass, Odell Beckham. Um, I just... I'm now he's on that this the Los Angeles Chargers matrix where you know should I start him no will he have a good week yes will I start him yes will he have a good week no I mean that's that's Lamar Jackson has achieved peak uh Chargers status as far as <laughs> I just I will make the wrong decision time and time again with him um also uh Deshaun Watson looked like dog shit in the first half and looked like marginally better than dog shit in the second half still still didn't look good but somehow the Browns come out victorious from that game on to an actual good game where the CJ Stroud led Houston Texans go into Cincinnati and defeat the Joe Burrow led Bengals 30 to 27. CJ Stroud is legit. CJ Stroud's a QB one and probably top six in dynasty. In my opinion, I'm not going to run off the guys, but it's uh he he's, he's in that conversation already. Here, First you, I want to talk you, about is Devin Singletary. Real quick, you trashed somebody earlier. Let's see. You're not you, Jackson? you have yep. no, 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 no. You have Josh Allen. Someone offers you CJ Stroud. Do you take the deal? No, I'd want still one more. Josh Allen just brings so much with his legs. Lamar Jackson, CJ Stroud. Give me CJ Stroud. Okay. I, I've already been kind of sour on Lamar, especially after he got this big contract because. Yeah. He's very much more pointed in when he runs, and that's really his trump card. He's an okay passer. He's not on C.J. Stroud's level. Burrow. Burrow and Stroud. Uh, I'll take Burrow because of the weapons, but they're very similar. They're like mobile pocket passers. Uh, I just like the Bengals' weapons. Like He's going to have Jamar Chase for pretty much the entirety of his career where C.J. Stroud has no one even close to that on the roster right now. But it's it's – it's debatable. I think it is debatable. You're hitting a reset on a, on a few years. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah. So, Devin Singletary, 30 carries. Uh, that was the league high this week in the NFL. 150 rushing yards and one touchdown. Also caught another pass for 11 yards. Damian Pierce hasn't been able to produce that rushing stat line over the previous three games combined. He had 45 <laughs> carries for 146 for the short. The three weeks before that. So he just Devin Singletary just pipped. Damian Pierce on to an absolute ass whooping 
the San Francisco 49ers head to Duval to dispatch of the Jacksonville Jaguars 34 to three. Both teams go to six and three, and you would not know it if you woke up from a coma and watched this game. I mean, this was an absolute evisceration. CMC had his consecutive TD streak snapped at 17, which tied him for first all time, and they tried their damnedest to get him this record, but every other 49er got there in fantasy. All three scored touchdowns. Even Ustek had a touchdown. Purdy threw three touchdowns. Like, the whole offense hit, and even CMC and not scoring a touchdown was definitely off the top of my head. Probably a top five PPR receiver still without the touchdown because he was still super productive. The New Orleans led the New Orleans Jameis Winston led Saints go into Minnesota and lose twenty seven to nineteen to Josh Powder Dobbs. Okay. The Vikings are now six and four. I uh, I just don't even know what to say anymore. About this, they should not be. Kevin O'Connell, uh, head coach of the year. I don't care if they lose the rest of the season. They lost Justin Jefferson. They're Kirk, Kirk Cousins. You know, they should not be scoring points on offense, let alone beating teams at this point in time. But Enter Jameis and Olave had all six of his catches, 94 yards, and a touchdown from Jameis Winston. So you might not like Jameis, but he definitely raises the fantasy floor of oh, some of these pass catchers. Insane. Sure Derek Carr wasn't. And then also, TJ Hawkinson is an absolute monster. He has seen eight-plus targets in nine out of ten games this year. Dude is a beast. Josh Dobbs loves the tight end, so that will persist. TJ Hawkinson Hawkinson could end up as tight end one overall in fantasy this year. It would not shock me, given the the sheer volume that he is receiving um, in the addition of Josh Dobbs. A stinker. We, We go stinker. The Green Bay Packers go to the Steel City and lose 23 to 19 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is six and three. They are the biggest six and three sham of all time. All time. They have a negative point differential on the season. They are an absolute sham. A sham. The shammy. The terrible shammies. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are. But Jalen Warren almost outrushed 101 yards. Kenny Pickett's passing yards. 126. <laughs> it's a good more one. efficient on a pair of <laughs> Jalen Warren averaged 6.7 yards per attempt. Kenny Pickett averaged 5.5 yards per attempt. Kenny Pickett is terrible. He's terrible. He's not a starting quarterback. He's not good. Jalen Warren's awesome. They finally named they named him the starter this past week, and he pretty much split touches like and, and uh, snaps right down the middle with Najee. But Jalen Warren's an explosive back. Um, who, who deserves more work, but the Steelers are still getting away with it in the win-loss department. They're, they're the team that's going to like find a way to fight into a wild-card spot, and then they're just going to get bounced the first round of the playoffs. And like, I don't know why that's a, a desired destination for like a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Like, They know they're not good enough to win at all with Kenny Pickett. Not even close. So just a couple of shots at the Steelers. And the Packers. Come on, Packers. Dude, you're a joke. Three and six. They can't wait to get rid of Jordan Love. Tennessee Titans uh, shines off Will Levis a little bit after his coming out party. These last two weeks haven't looked nearly as good. The Buccaneers at home win 22-6, and Rashad White just continues to get there, and it's largely as a pass catcher. He had two catches for 47 yards and a touchdown, and he is a PPR RB1 on the season, and it literally has nothing to do with rushing. It's almost 100% attributed to his passing involvement. And both of us love Rash- Rashad White and loved him because of his pass catching capability. 
In, in, in Levis's defense, his offensive line is ter- terrible. It's offensive. And, yeah. and, and Tampa's defensive line is not too shabby. Their secondary is decent. I just think he's had – until they could get him an offensive line, I think he's going to be uh, in some bad spots based on matchups week in and week out. Oh, I do not disagree. I'm not – I'm not out on Will Levis at all. Yeah, this that team is a disgrace. Yeah, their offensive line. <laughs> like two weeks ago, like I pointed out the problem with that line where I said they're not they're, they wouldn't even qualify as like a good college offensive line. I mean, they're they're bad. And I was, I was listening to some podcasts where uh Todd Bowles was putting Vita Vea on Andre Dillard, the ex Eagle left tackle on like critical like pass situations, and Vita Vea was just literally bull rushing him into Will Levis. <laughs> like not even attempting to hide it. Like we're just to this giant human being because Andre Dillard can't stand up against the bull rush. So, and he's probably one of their top offensive linemen right now. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. The best guy. <laughs> <laughs> so now the, uh, Arthur Smith, quote unquote, led Atlanta Falcons head to the desert to lose to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals 25 to 23. Bijan got, all the work. He saw 22 carries, produced 106 all-purpose yards, and a touchdown, and the Falcons still lost. So I can just imagine Arthur Smith walking into the media session on Monday saying, you happy? You happy? I gave him all the work, and we still lost. What do you, what do you want me to do now? Also, uh, Taylor Heineke left injured, so Desmond Ritter had to come back into the game. So uh, the level of dysfunction uh, in Atlanta is, is at an all-time high. From there to has to be one of the highest scoring games of the year. The Detroit Lions head to Los Angeles to do battle with those Los Angeles Chargers. The Lions went 41 to 38 to go to seven and two on a season. The Chargers, of course, fall to four and five because the Chargers just perennially disappoint. Fantasy points galore. There's really like 20 guys you could have talked about from this game, but I just did the two primary receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown caught eight passes for 156 yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen caught 11 passes for 175 yards at two touchdowns. That is just bonkers from these two guys. I mean, we're talking 19 receptions for over 300 yards and three touchdowns from the primary pass catchers. They were dueling on Sunday in uh, Inglewood. Is it, uh... <laughs> I'll wait till I go. I got thing makes me sick. <laughs> we still don't like Amon Ross St. Brown, just for the record. Uh, I, I'm almost forced to come around at this point. But how, many I, shares, I, how many shares do you have? Zero. Same here. You have a cover out. You want to, you want to qualify now. You came around. We, can't, we can't fix not ever drafting him, but we, we, you, you could have fixed it by acquiring some shares. So, Listen, he's he's good. He's he's producing. He's producing. So there's there's always one, right? So late round pick that just ends up setting the world on fire. So into the NFC East, the to- Tommy DeVito led New York Giants go down to Dallas and get just curb stomped. 49 to 17. Dallas is now six and three on the year. Dallas scored 49 points, like I just referenced, had 168 rushing yards and three touchdowns in the game. And Tony Pollard scored 5.4 fantasy oh, points in PPR. Listen, I've had this queued up on my phone just waiting for you to get to this game. Rushing touchdowns scored by Rico Dowdle, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, receiving by Brandon Cooks, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Jake Ferguson. This fucking bum got 55 rushing yards and nothing in the air, right? 
No, not even a target. Every single other person scored. Yeah. They had like a goal line, goal to go, and they ran a uh, play action on him, and that's where they had the one-yard touchdown pass to uh, uh, Ferguson on that play. just in the I mean, I understand Dowdle at the end. He scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter when all the starters were already pulled, but Care. Dowdle just looked great. I heard someone saying, can Dowdle just get the Ezekiel Elliott role and put Tony Pollard back in the Tony Pollard role? Yeah, everyone would be happy, even Tony Pollard. Yeah, like fix Listen, it. I, I keep giving you. I've got a lot of examples from last two weeks of shit setting me off. This game, Pollard in particular, a, a league where I'm trying to win. We talked about the league where I'm trying to lose, and I accidentally had four, three zeros in the lineup. I needed to win. It's redraft. It's an important league to me. It's an old league with a bunch of my friends. I lose by four points. Pollard gets me the fucking 5.5 in that league. Thanks for nothing. I also get Mark Andrews' lowest point total of the season. Did I tell you I lost by four? How many uh, interceptions did Josh Allen throw Monday night? Two? Minus two points apiece? I think he's still throwing. There's minus fucking four. And I also, you you mentioned uh, this game moments ago, I also run into the Keenan Allen game. So if Keenan Allen just has fucking if Keenan Allen just has the Amon Ross St. Brown game, you're okay. Two less receptions <laughs> or twenty less yards, I also win. So yeah, it's just the perfect shitstorm of nonsense in that fucking game. And yeah, Pollard to me is the icing on the cake. Like right with with Allen, the interceptions are baked in. You can't be concerned about Keenan Allen going off. Everybody, it happens. Every now and then, the Pollard one, for whatever reason, just really <laughs> sticks out to me. It's I honestly like, thought the end of that was going to be, I played against Rico Dowdle. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> would have been a real. I thought that was going to be it. Where you, you, yeah, Rico Dowdle turned 12 rushes into 79 yards in a touchdown. 6.6 per foot. <sighs> Dowdle's awesome. I, I'm a I'm a Dowdle guy. I own him in a couple spots. Liked him coming out of South Carolina. I mean, they, he hung around home. on this team, even though he was it's injured, insane. injured, injured. He looks good. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane they don't get him involved all year. Well, I think and he's then, gonna get a little more going forward. So oh, you're gonna get McCarthy, my friend. Oh but yeah, but by McCarthy, do you mean totally splitting the bay between two backs where neither of them are relevant? Yeah. That's that's, that's mean, where that's, I'm going. Historically, oh. that is the most likely outcome. All right. Too much time in the Cowboys, they won. We don't talk about them when they win. The Washington <laughs> Commanders. Go to Seattle to face off against your Seahawks. Seahawks in a back and forth second half beat the Commanders 29 to 26. Seattle goes to six and three. Commanders fall to four and six. The Commander running backs combined for 11 receptions for 161 yards and two receiving touchdowns on the week. Brian Robinson had like a busted play, 70 yarder. Our boy Antonio Gibson caught a touchdown. They did nothing running the ball, but that's just crazy that these running backs accounted for such for a Keenan Allen esque stat line. on the week. So Good I stopped, that. I stopped watching this somewhere after the half where it was like six to nine or at one point it was 12 to nine. And I was like, and eh, this game sucks. And then when I was checking my fantasy scores later in the day and I saw like Howell and Gino had big games, I was like, what the fuck happened? What did I miss? And then I had to go back. I didn't even know that they were scoring <laughs> anymore. 
I thought it yeah, was I mean, the irony is the only touchdown in the first half was the 51-yard pass to Brian Robinson. They missed the extra point, so that throws people yeah. off because it's only six points. There was no more touchdowns in the first half. There wasn't a touchdown until 943 in the third quarter where Ken Walker got loose on a 64-yard touchdown reception. So two crazy long touchdown receptions by running backs not known to be pass catchers. Yeah. And then the fourth quarter happened where the teams combined to score 27 points. Crazy. So, yeah, it was a it ended it started out terrible and ended up halfway decent. Talk about a game that started out terrible and didn't end up halfway decent. The New York Jets lost in Las Vegas, your backyard, to the now 2-0 with Antonio Pierce as their head coach, smoking cigars in the locker room, Raiders, 16-12. What a terrible game it was to watch on Sunday night. TDs aside, Garrett Wilson has been a stud the last four weeks. He has seen 52 targets, 31 receptions, and 363 yards during that time. And he saw a 36% target share on Sunday Night Football. There is no way this entire team didn't say Zach Wilson. I don't care what the play call is. You <laughs> throw it to Gary Wilson every single time. He almost came down with a touchdown on the Hail Mary, too, that would have been a bonkers ending for this game. But, well, wasn't yeah, able yeah. to secure it. But he's at least getting enough volume to sustain. I mean, it's still like a matter of what could he have been with an actual, like, competent Aaron Rodgers quarterback this year because Garrett Wilson kills nukes all his upside, but they are still at least feeding him. And then lastly, another terrible game. We, we started off with this, this Broncos bills game was terrible. It was just ugly. I mean, turnovers from the bills, the Broncos just play an ugly brand of football. They don't want Russell Wilson to throw it a lot. So they're like trying to take the air out of the ball, running it. It's, I, I just, not a good game in my opinion, but the Bills win in epic fashion, 24-20. The Broncos are sorry, Broncos win 24-20. The Broncos are now four and five. The Bills fall to five and five on the season. For those that didn't watch, the last play of the game, uh, the kicker for the Broncos, who uh, Will Lutz misses the field goal right. But the Buffalo Bills had 12 men on the field for the play. So the kick didn't count. There was a was a five-yard penalty assessed. The Broncos get to kick it again. Will Lutz drills it down the middle for the win. Just talk about ripping the heart out for the Okay, I, didn't, I had heard there was a crazy ending. I did not know the specifics. So now that you've laid it out, it's, it's – And awful. I don't know if it's true or not, but I read that the additional man on the field for the field goal was DeMar Hamlin. I had heard that rumor. I saw somebody online this morning I, you know, saying, "No one, like, I don't know if someone was being cheeky with it, but yeah, they counted it out. There was one hundred percent. There was eleven guys on the line, and there was just a twelfth guy standing at like a linebacker type depth <laughs> on the kick. And Lutz misses it right. They move off five yards. Lutz drills it down the center. Josh Allen starts sulking. Broncos win. Bills fire Ken Dorsey. So. Josh Allen on the season has accounted for 26 touchdowns between passing and rushing and 14 turnovers between interceptions and lost fumbles this year. But yes, just fire Ken Dorsey. So everything should be fine. It's it, this is it. This is a, you know, Josh McDermott is, you know, fighting for his football future here. Uh, Josh McDermott, Sean McDermott Sean. as a, uh, as a head coach. I mean, they're going in the wrong thing, direction. I think they missed you? their window already. Uh, it's certainly possible. Don't you fire the special teams coordinator, not the offensive coordinator? I mean, that- personally, I think they're at a fire everyone stage in things. <laughs> it's getting there. Because Steve Wilkes stinks too. That dude has made some boneheaded plays. 
I'll play calls. Um, or no. their DC. Uh, yes, he is there. He is their DC. Um, I'm pretty sure he's their DC. Let me double check. That's his background. That's what he should be. He was a DC before the Arizona job. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He has a, I know. I, I, I know I was shitting on the wrong thing. Steve Wilkes was getting castrated. He's a 49ers DC. And I, that didn't seem right to me. Um, he was he, he was terrible until they got Chase Young too, and now he's back. Whoever's the DC for the Buffaloes? It's a is it Leslie Frazier? That sounds right. Oh, now that you said it, um, he was he was last year. Something fire. tells me he may have retired, but well, it's not fire. Whoever's the DC of the Buffalo Bills right now, <laughs> announce yourself and quit. Um, Leslie Frazier is not. He is an NFL analyst, so we can't blame him. Bill's defensive coordinator. <laughs> so we've called for the firing of Steve Wilkes and uh, Leslie Frazier. Oh, listen, perfect. Their special yeah, teams I, I, coordinator, John Ken Dorsey, right who's all. next. During the NFL owners meeting this offseason, Bill's head coach, Sean McDermott, announced that he would step into the role as defensive coordinator. I am. You're right. 2023 and call plays for the Buffalo Bills defense that ranked second in points allowed on a per-game basis last year. They only allowed, and that, that's on the positive side, second fewest, 17.9 last year. Now Sean McDermott, whose background is as a DC, announces himself the defensive coordinator and calling plays, and now they're getting bumped left, right, and center you know, with a, a subpar defense. So, yeah, we got there, John. Fire Sean McDermott. That's That was the answer. Like Him being the DC. Stay. Fire Sean, fire Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator, and see what happens. And coming full circle was perfect. Oh, yeah. My apologies to Steve Wilkes and Leslie Frazier. No, fire him too. Fire Fire them anyway. Leslie Frazier got out on top. He was the D.C. when they were the second best scoring defense in the league last year. He, He did the right thing. He apparently saw the writing on the walls here gotta and said, I'm, I'm going to go become an analyst before I get blamed for this shit. And then Steve Wilkes, I mean, yeah, just Steve Wilkes. So be it. So Ooh, they, that is the one key stat segment, John. So you created a, uh, what is this? What are we calling this? Fancy Jeopardy? Well, I still, got, I still got my snap stuff. And then All instead right, of looking at weekly things. All right. So not, not a ton this week. Uh, Tennessee, the last two weeks. Tajay Spears, 60-40, leading the split among uh, the Tennessee running backs. It'll be interesting to see what they do down the stretch and uh, the writing maybe on the wall for Mr. Derrick Henry to get out of town there. Tampa Bay with Chase Edmonds back from injured reserve. He is the clear number two with uh, Rashad White in a 70-30 split, lean in White's favor. And interestingly enough, and I didn't look up, I didn't see any injury stuff, Harbaugh guy, Trey Palmer, led the team in snaps this week at wide receiver. Wasn't like it was a, a giant bull. Yeah, interesting. So Trey Palmer season taken off here. Acquire him where you can. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, three weeks in a row. Zach Charbonnet is out snapping. Kenneth Walker has not resulted in anything significant on the field, um, but he has been out there more, whether it's pass pro or who knows what? I can't tell you why, but he's out there more than Walker uh, consistently now. The New York Giants, some guy named Jashawn Corbin. Mm-hmm. Granted, they were getting their dicks kicked in. 
get your starters off the field, get these guys to the bottom of your roster. And however, three receptions on three targets for 12 yards, one carry uh, for one yard, 26% snap share. Hard to read into it. It's one game, but he's on the roster. They did get him involved, especially in the passing game. There's a, a chance he could supplant Matt Breed as we get down the stretch, as they kick the tires on this guy going into a year where they probably anticipate not having Saquon Barkley on the team a year from now. But just a name worth noting could be nothing, could be something, but I, I've never even heard of him, and we go pretty deep sometimes. New Orleans Saints, A.T. Perry, Michael Thomas, uh, I think had two snaps in the game. Uh, A.T. Perry ended up getting a touchdown, but he saw 84% snap share. Giant star next to this guy's name. If Jamise Winston is in there, A.T. Perry's a big play guy. Nobody likes firing this ball carelessly down the field more than Winston. I, I could see Perry skyrocket as long as Winston's the quarterback. With Carr, I don't like it, but I think they're on the bye this week, so keep an eye on that situation uh, going forward. We, you haven't been able to trust anyone on the Patriots for years outside of Tom Brady. It is just a week-to-week dumpster fire at wide receiver. Out of nowhere this week, Juju, 99% snap share. After being on the outs, team doesn't like him. Games where he's seen one fucking snap. Now he's on the field this week. Doesn't miss a snap. Demario Douglas, who emerges, suddenly he bumps backwards to 72. Jalen Rager, last four weeks, 23% snap share, 42%, 58 77 So how do we continue that trend? How about you give him one single fucking snap this week? Uh, Keishon Boutte came back. That could have been part of it, but just an unusable, untrustable dumpster fire outside of Demario Douglas. Uh, Minnesota, Ty Chandler with the injury to Cam Akers, the emergence of Ty Chandler. 44% snap share to him, 45% to Madison. Cam Akers never came close to an even split with Madison in terms of snaps. So to see Chandler out there, even with Madison, that could be something to watch going down the stretch. Chandler. Maybe the guy, because Matson has been a p- pretty big disappointment, so it'll be re- – I'm very curious to see what happens in their next game. Uh, Las Vegas, last five weeks, Michael Mayer is just blowing Hooper out of the water and snaps, doubled him up, I think, every game over the last uh, five weeks. So he is he is fully emerged and taken over. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers, not a big shocker here, but Quentin Johnston uh, really is a – come on the last couple weeks, but it's only due to injury. Thomas was out. uh, Palmer was out. Somebody else got banged up. So there's nobody else. He has to start, which we always thought would be the case when either Keenan Allen or Michael, uh, Mike Williams got hurt. So he's, he's certainly playable going forward. He had some stinkers in this game, what I saw, but he also made some big plays. Indianapolis. I've said this for weeks and it's officially here. Zach Moss is totally, Totally gone. I don't think he he got like minimal, almost no snaps, got zero work. It's all Jonathan Taylor, which I'll get to that in another segment here. But Zach Moss is done. If you were not able to move him, that window has slammed shut. Denver. uh, Mims has outsnapped Jerry Judy for the first time all year. I didn't watch any of the game. I don't know if Judy was banged up, if anything happened there. All I know is they finally put the better wide receiver on the field more. 
Cleveland Brown, Cedric Tillman, 74 and 85% snap share the last two games. He's, in terms of being on the field, he is their wide receiver too right now. And he has done less than nothing with it. He's just out there to be a human being on the field. They're not targeting him. He's not doing anything with the targets he does get. It's good to see him out there, but I, ugh. he's getting the Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones treatment, who was leading the team in snaps all year, but was being not even a factor in the passing game, just a giant decoy for no reason at all. Carolina, it is officially Chuba's backfield last three games, 67, 63, 50% snap share to Miles Sanders last three of 18, 25, and 38. Sanders uh, signed the deal in the offseason, and Carolina said, you suck, we're giving it to Chuba Hubbard. And last and certainly least, Odell Beckham Jr. for the Baltimore Ravens. Last two games, six catches on nine targets for 96 yards and two scores. He certainly will never be the OBJ of old, but he's suddenly a playable option. Uh, Bateman, do you think, here's just a question for you. Is Bateman done, or is he just on a team where there isn't enough pass volume? And then the second part to that is, you know, don't good players earn the targets? So if he was good, wouldn't Bateman be out there above Beckham getting more targets and potentially competing with Zay Flowers? It, it just seems like Bateman's not going to happen. Um, yes. No, if I answered that correctly. Is Bateman done? Yes. Is his time done in Baltimore? Also, yes. Do I still have Bateman in a ridiculous amount of leagues? Yes. Um, what do you think we could even trade him for at this point? Anything? No, they're just going to have to. He'll be he'll be a free agent. He's going to sign like a prove-it deal somewhere, and hopefully maybe. Um, but not, a, not overly optimistic about Bateman. But also that offense makes a lot of receivers look bad. Honestly, yeah, I mean, they look bad. I mean, like Odell Beckham's cooked, you know, Zay Flowers. No one talks about Zay anymore. Like, he hasn't you know, after the first two weeks, it was like, oh, oh, right. And it's like, he hasn't done shit since. Well, no, it's entirely on him, right? This, this offense is just, it's not a good, it's not a consistent pass offense. Hasn't been yeah. since Lamar Jackson. Does it have highs? Yes. Is it consistent? Fuck now. The best yeah. asset on this team right now is uh, Gus Edwards. Which we called it two years ago. We knew it was yep. <laughs> sooner or later. Roll back the tape. Twenty twenty one. We were on this for years. We were on the Gus bus. Finally happened. Yeah. But that's it. That's all I got for my trends. A lot of trends, John. A lot of trends there. Um, uh, Jerry Judy was not hurt in the game. I watched for some reason most of that game. I did fall asleep in the fourth quarter, but I woke just, up just for the ending. So uh, all I know is no one got hurt. They're just use, starting to try and use Marvin Mims a little bit more, probably to add some explosion. Like This team does not want to throw the ball, so when they do, I guess they're just trying to get chunk plays um, or, or explosive plays. They're just trying to run it with Javante Williams and play good defense. That's like literally the game plan for the for the Denver Broncos right now. So who even knows? Um, there's no rhyme or reason. Cortland Sutton's the, the top wide receiver on the team. He's their alpha, clearly, and there's not enough room for a second. Doesn't even matter. Marvin Mims is playing more snaps than Jerry Judy. It's just gross. All right. So what was the other thing you had for us? Where are we going? Let's so, break out the buffs and get out of here. All right. 
so I, I don't I don't look at a lot of the season leaders throughout like NFL stats. I do look at the fantasy stuff, but I don't look at the standings for, for some reason. I started picking through this stuff a couple of days ago and I was blown away by some of the things I found. So I was curious if some of these were surprises to you or if you knew them. Um, so I'll just go through a few here. The A year ago or during the NFL draft, we talked about that Arizona-Houston trade where Houston moved up to get uh, Will Anderson and Stroud. And I was like, That's, that team still sucks. I mean, Arizona's going to get to pick early again. Do you know where that pick is now as of today? Second? No, 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 because they're getting – Arizona's getting Houston's pick. Oh, where Houston's pick is? Oh. Yeah. Sorry. It was, I don't know why I was saying Carolina when you said that. Um, well, Houston's probably a borderline playoff team, so – or not. So 17? 20th. So 20th, in yeah. hindsight, I would have gladly given up the 20th pick this year to get Will Anderson – and obviously, C.J. Stroud in hindsight. So, that, yeah, and I heard some that you know the Texans bet on being right there and having a meteoric rise, and they were right. Good I mean, for them. They, yeah, they're good. Yeah, they bet on themselves. So their evaluation, like we, C.J. Stroud is prepared and ready to make this team good. They had a decent offensive line, although it was hurt to begin the season. It's kind mm-hmm. of rounded in the shape. They had good enough skill position players. They knew they needed help on defense. Yeah, so if you're doing it, I mean. Yeah, go on. I mean, Will Anderson against next year's mid, uh, you know, mid first round pick. You know, I mean, anyone would take, you know, the the top pass rusher in the 23 class over, you know, the fourth pass rusher potentially at pick 20, you know, in the in the 24 class. So, yeah, they look smart now. I mean, they were getting panned, widely panned for for making that decision. (laughs) Me too. Like fucking idiots. Oh, we all say like, oh, okay. You just you're trying to you're, you're giving away a top ten pick next year. I mean, even if it was a top ten pick next year, I mean, still, I think well, we I said it was going to be they were going to be picking one and two because we knew Arizona sucked and we thought Houston was going to be just as bad. Yeah, I mean, but even yeah, I mean, so it's you already t- tabbed your quarterback, so you're not going to take a quarterback. So you, know, you take Marvin Harrison if you really still suck. You know, like maybe maybe that does some things, but you know they they believed in their their. In the, in the pick, you know, and then they doubled down. So more power to them. Now that Houston's been great. They're fun to watch. You know, it's, you know, they're, they're turning into one of my bandwagon riding sneaky favorite teams. I like them. Oh yeah. I mean, they're going to, they're going to get me off this Duval bandwagon real quick. With the way that <laughs> Jacksonville shit in the bed. They're, they're going to be my, my AFC South team in short order. <laughs> um, I can tell you that much. So. All right, what else you got for me? Stick it with the draft. You know who's picking number three right now today? Uh, New York Giants. No, the New England Patriots, a top oh. three pick. Woo. Where are the Giants Man. at? How the Four? mighty have fallen. I don't have it in front of me anymore. Oh, okay. They're down game. there, though. Are they two Maybe. Are they two wins also? Then they got to be four or five because the Patriots are two wins at number three. Uh, so the Giants are two and eight as well. So I guess there's yeah they're group. they're in that they're in that group yeah. Um, but New England is three. Um, moving on to team records a little bit here. So Vegas wins two in a row. I'm like, oh god, they're so bad. Somehow I had no idea, and I live here, and the shit's on the news all the time. <laughs> Did you know they're five and five? I mean, you mentioned it earlier, so I know you knew. How yeah. did that happen? Even well, winning two straight, like. They're terrible. They have no business being five and five. They shouldn't have. Now I feel like uh, they should not have fired Josh McDaniels. 
Yeah, I mean, I did know they were because, yeah, I'd say the records in, in all the wonky sets. So they started the season beating the Broncos 17-16. Then they went on a three-game skid. They got boat raced by the Bills. They lost by 28. They lose to the Steelers, because of course, uh, by 5, 23-18. Then the next week, they lose to the Chargers by 7. Uh, and then they go on a little run. They beat the Packers by 4. Then they beat the Patriots, who you just mentioned are one of the worst teams in football, by 4. Then they lose to the Bears by 18 points before beating the Lions. I'm sorry, before losing the Lions by 12 points. So combined 30-point losses the last two weeks before they fire Josh McDaniels. And then they beat the Giants, the hapless Giants, by 24. And then they beat stadium-sharing New York Jets in an ugly game by four. So, yeah, I mean, they were they lost and were down bad after the Bears and Lions game. So... That's all we remembered with recency. But yeah, they had they had done pretty well against worse teams early on. I mean, they were obviously they I, I were find that three and three five and five is just beyond words incredible to me. It's a well, crazy I, I was step. trying to get a little excited for them, and then I looked and their schedule. So their next two games are at Dolphins versus Chiefs before a bye. Welcome to five and seven. There's no way in hell they win either one of those games. I don't care what Antonio Pierce has up his sleeve. They're losing both the games. Then they go on a bye. So the tail end is mixed bag. Versus Vikings, versus Chargers, at Chiefs, at Colts, versus Broncos. Best case, I'd probably go two and three there. So we're saying two and five to finish. So seven and ten. Bum, 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 bum. All right. So right now. A good story that <laughs> will end exactly as we had thought it would. Yeah. <laughs> right now, playoffs start today in the AFC. Cincinnati, Buffalo, and the Chargers are all out of the playoffs, and Houston is in. Yes. Do you think Cincinnati, Buffalo, or the Chargers squeeze into the playoff picture? AFC is fucking tough. Yeah, there's no way the Chargers do. I mean, that's just they're just chargering right now. I mean, that's they're a worse team than the Raiders. Black and white right now. <laughs> they are a four and five team. The Raiders are five and five. I mean, the Chargers just, they, they got to fire your boy. Uh, what's his name? I see his face. Who's their head coach? Staley. Staley. Yeah. Brandon. It's a fireable <laughs> name. Such a fireable <laughs> name. Yeah. He's got to go after the season. Now just elevate uh, Kellen Moore and then get a real DC in there to fix this shit. Because that's funny. He's a defensive-minded head coach, and their, their defense stinks. Um, yeah, it is tough. I mean, the other two. I, I mean, I, I don't think the Bills are good. I mean, I, I just, I've watched them a couple games this year. They're just not good. You know, it, it's like school. You know, it's schoolyard football. It's and like w- without open. even looking at their schedule, they're playing a first-place team schedule. So it's hard down the stretch. No matter who they're playing, they're playing the other teams that were in first a year ago. So it's doing them no favors. They're currently six. In the, in the wild card. So they have to jump, as of today, Indy, Cincinnati, and Houston to get in. I don't – I'm going to say Buffalo's out. All right, listen, I'm, I'm on this, this the league page now. So their schedule, they play the Jets this week. They should beat the Jets. They're at home. Still a division game. Anything's possible. They should be able to beat the Jets. At Eagles the next week. Then they have a bye. Nope. Coming out of the bye at Chiefs. Nope. <laughs> After that, verse Cowboys, at least they're home. 
Cowboys are decent. Then at Chargers, that's the type of game like the Chargers win when it's like too late. Oh, to that's a, I, I, what's the, let's get a future line going here. Yeah. Give me the Chargers money line. <laughs> yeah, and that's the prime time game on Saturday night. Oh, they're going to beat my 13. Oh, yeah. Right. And then they finish versus Patriots at Dolphins in a division type match. So the only layup they have is the Patriots the rest of the season. I'll Jets tell you another thing. To keep games I, close. Eagles and Chiefs are both better teams than them. I think Cowboys are a better team than them. They're better than the Chargers, but it's in L.A. And the Dolphins are at home, which is where they play better. They're, they're, my, they might be favored in one. They'll probably be favored Miami, in the Chargers game, the Patriots game, and the Jets games going forward. Miami might be so far ahead of them at that point. You said it's <laughs> yeah. the last game of the year, right? You might give it. The, the Bills may win it because Miami isn't playing anyone. They'll have a They'll have a playoff spot locked up. Yeah, speaking of, yeah, so the Dolphins are on coming off a of bye now. They just had their bye. So, versus Raiders at Jets at Commanders versus Titans versus Jets at Cowboys at Ravens versus Bills. They, they don't can, really they play can run the table until those final three games. They can and they're already the a six win team. I mean, they could be a, a 10 win <laughs> team by the time they hit week 16 against the Cowboys. Where that, yeah, that game potentially doesn't matter. I, I just, I can't imagine the Bengals not being in the playoffs. Um, I know their division's hard too. Um, Look, there's a there's a chance that they just play better than Houston, keeping things where it is now. Down the stretch, they play better than Houston. They get that last wild card spot, which means all four teams in the fucking NFC North or AFC North make it in the playoffs. It's possible because just crazy the sham Steelers are just going to find their way into a. Nine and eight record um, when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. And a wild card spot. My, the Bengals are a better team than the Steelers. The Browns are a better team than the Steelers, and they're both behind them right now in the standings. But, yeah, I would say if you had, if I had to pick one, it's the Bengals that I think can fix this. I, I, don't think okay. the, I don't think the Bills do. Um, and what was the other team? Uh, Chargers. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't think the Chargers. <laughs> no. <laughs> not no chance. Can't be fixed. No chance. All right. Minnesota won five straight, currently sitting as the final wild card in the NFC. And 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 by a handsome lead, they're six and four. The fourth wild card would be Tampa Bay. They're four and five. So Minnesota has to collapse, and these other teams have to go on a run. I, I think the, the, the NFC playoff teams right now are Philly, Detroit, San Fran. New Orleans, Seattle, Dallas, Minnesota. New Orleans might gag away that division and like Tampa or Atlanta may squeeze in. But I think if you just say that that is the NFC South team, I think this is the same teams that make the playoffs. I don't think anything changes the NFC the rest of the way. Listen, I'd, I'd love to see Josh Dobbs take this team to, to the postseason. <clears throat> it would be, be fun. It would also lead to Justin Jefferson likely coming back. Um, so, you know, it helps our fancy seasons. The Vikings don't have the toughest schedule that I've ever seen. They are at Broncos this week. You know, it's difficult to play in Denver. Denver's playing a lot better. Then they are home against the Bears. Then they have a bye week. Then they're at Raiders, at Bengals, versus Lions, versus Packers, at Lions. So they do have to go back to back Lions two or three weeks in the season. But they'll be favored against the Bears. They'll be favored against the Raiders. They'll be favored against the Packers. And they're already a six-win team. They can get the 10 wins. Crazy. 
<laughs> get the 10 wins. <laughs> so going back to, I mentioned uh, the NFC South, New Orleans currently five and five leading it. Tampa right behind them, four and five. Uh, Atlanta right behind them at four and six. Tampa's uh, number four in the wild card race. Atlanta is number six. If Minnesota were to, I think Dallas won't. Minnesota can gag it away. So can Seattle. I don't trust them at six and three with, with what I've seen from Geno so far this year. There is a world where Tampa, <clears throat> excuse me, Tampa and Atlanta can both squeeze into the playoffs. And we have three teams from that horrific NFC South because the bad teams in the NFC are so fucking terrible that they're still not as bad as every team in that trash division. So just something I thought was interesting because they're, they're on the, they're knocking. They're just as close to the playoffs as uh, Buffalo is right now. Yeah. I mean, Seattle's another one of those fraud teams. They're six and three. They have a negative one point differential on the year. And I mean, I, whenever I look at that, I mean, it, it's tight, right? And they, they got smacked what last week by yeah. whoever. Murdered. I forget who beat murdered. Them. Who is it? They got murdered. Doesn't even matter. Yeah. They got, they got throttled. That week, but still a negative one point differential for a team that is six and three. I mean, that is very Steelers ish. The Steelers are six and three and have a negative 26 point differential on the season. Those are the type of teams that start losing the close games. And before you know it, yeah, they're they're out of it. That's why I don't believe the Steelers will get there. And I can totally buy that the Seahawks will will falter as well because Geno Smith's not playing nearly as well as he was last year all right so th- those were the team ones now I know, you know this is kind of the more trivia for you uh statistical leaders in the nfl do you know who is leading the league in passing yards as of week 10 sam how you bastard do you is know it? who number t- yeah <laughs> do you know who number two is uh tua it's cj stroud right oh, now i love it i probably you know, it's funny. i probably it's wouldn't crazy. have said him if he gave me one or two more guesses, it probably just wouldn't. Have, I know he's had monster games. It's just, I know Sam Howell's like 300 every week. And then Tua, these guys probably also haven't hit their bye week yet, which is what changes things a little okay. bit. But Stroud's awesome. I love Stroud. And uh, here, here's a, a little fun one for you. Do you know who's <laughs> we're going down? <laughs> it's going to be stupid to guess. You'll get why. Do you know who's number 10 in passing yards? Is it Lamar Jackson somehow? Still Kirk Cousins. Oh, oh, look at, yeah. How much was this guy lighting it up that he's still a top 10 passer? <laughs> John, we know how much he was lighting it up. We talked I when he got hurt. Me. How believe leveraged me. we were in Kirk Cousins. I know. We were right. heavy leverage on Kirk Cousins. But, yeah, he was playing great. Yeah. Now we're moving on a bit here to passing touchdowns. Do you know who is number three in passing touchdowns in the NFL this year? Do I know who is number three in passing touchdowns? I'll even give you one and two. One is Tua. Number two is Josh Allen. Uh, Is it CJ Shaw? No, it's fucking Russell Wilson. Oh, I should have known that because I saw the reason. I'm like, his TD rate is through the roof. He's he has 18 touchdowns on the year, which blew my mind. Do you know who he's tied with for third? No, apparently it's not CJ Stroud. I'm going to tie this back into the first one. Somehow it's also still Kirk Cousins. <laughs> ah, <love it. laughs> 
And uh, so, I mean, just for Russell Wilson has always had a historically high TD rate because somehow he just he gets there on a lot a lot of SMT. He has six point nine percent TD rate this year, which is leading the NFL. Sam Maybe. Sam Howell number seven, by the way, in touchdowns. Nah. So Howell out there lighting it up. Listen, and Sam Howell, his TD rate is nothing. I mean, that dude's thrown like probably fifty more passes than any other quarterback in the league right now. So he probably should have a lot more. Um, but it's a crazy season. And, he, and he's got one of the best pictures I've ever seen. Wow. It's like official NFL. <laughs> I rolled out of bed for this shit. Is yeah. the best. Looks running right. over. Yeah. Yeah, oh boy, does he! All right. So we're gonna go uh, move to running backs here. Rushing yards on the season. Do you know who is number five? It, it's somebody you're not going to guess. That's so, so think out of the box. It's number five on the season. Zach Moss. You bastard. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have guessed him if he didn't say it's someone you would think, but I do know there was a early in the year he was leading the league in rushing where he was up. So there, fucking Zach Moss, <laughs> who they are just erasing entirely from their game plan. Like and this guy was Jonathan good. Taylor, truckloads of money. Yes. Yep. I mean, why wouldn't you just get him, keep him involved? Uh, yeah. Can't do that. You got to justify the money you spent. You, you know how this works, John. Come on. I, I do get it, but it's still enraging. Uh, interestingly enough here, he hasn't played for a while, but that's irrelevant. Yards per carry. Do you know who is tied for number two with Jameer Gibbs? It's one of your yeah. guys. He hasn't played in a while? He's, he's been hurt. And one of your guys I mean, hurt. Tied with Jameer Gibbs. But Gibbs there's got to be a minimum good. then, because Devon Achan is the he's got like 12 yards per carry, something like that. So what's our right. minimum? Actually, I don't even see Achan on this list, yeah, so there must so be a minimum carry okay. load in here. So he's been hurt. No, it's, it's Khalil Herbert, 5.3. Oh. I can't wait for him to come back. Let's talk about that real quick. It, you can't just not play Dante Foreman. Right. So what's he take Roshan Johnson's role? Like Don Foreman has been good for them. You, he's listen, like he's been goal. good. How many times is he, he, we've seen it in other teams? He comes always, out, John. he's, he's good, always good. And they make him the healthy scratch again. He's the definite, because he probably doesn't play special teams. He's the definition of why you don't pay running backs. Yeah. Right there. That dude just like he's mercenary doing one year deals and productive. Just on a per touch basis. So so Gibbs, Gibbs and Herbert are five point three. They're they're tied for second. There's a group of guys uh, that are averaging five point two. A, a trio. One is James Conner. One is Lamar Jackson. Can you guess the third guy who's averaging five point two a carry? Tied for third in the league. Nick Chubb because he always averages north of five yards a carry. No, of course it's a uh, tight end quarterback spectacular Taysom Hill. Taysom, Taysom, a tight end Hill. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, All right, touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. Who's leading the league? Oh, uh, it's I was going. Uh, is it David Robinson or David uh, Montgomery? No, he's uh, tied for fourth. And he with missed seven. a ton of games. Oh, Gus Edwards. Uh, where's Gus? Gus is uh, third with eight. It's Raheem Mostert with eleven rushing scores. Uh, yeah, he yeah, and he hasn't done shit in a couple of weeks either. I mean, he was yeah. My yeah, next my was... next question was going to be Gus, but you 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 already guessed that. Okay, going to move on to receiving here. It's recency bias. Receptions. Number one, 
tied for one, Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen, both with 73. Do you know who is number two with 71 receptions on the year? Michael Pittman? It's fucking TJ Hawkinson. No. Did you say? I was just thinking wide receivers. But yeah, okay. Awesome. Blew my mind. Kelsey awesome. is 13 with uh, 57. So Kelsey also seem- missed the game, right? And Yeah, and five. it seems like it's huge. But look, Kelsey has a 10-catch game. He's up to 67. We're almost even. So, But it's still a big number. So uh, th- dude, this is a- been, He's been unreal. I mean, he had 15 targets this past game. So you guessed uh, this. The thing I'm looking at doesn't have the ties pushed together, right? So Diggs and Allen both have 73. They're one and two. Hawkinson, 71 at three. So some of these numbers may be a little skewered, but you mentioned uh, Pittman. He is ninth in the league with 66 receptions, which that blew my mind. Thielen is seven with 68. Uh, Puka Nakua is still number 11 with 64. One that surprised me just because of Twitter telling me this guy has been dead this year for weeks. <laughs> Chris Olave is 14th with 56. If you if you are just going off the Twitter sphere, oh, I'm sorry, X. No, it's right. It's don't you think Ol- X, X doesn't roll off the tongue? It's Twitter. No. Don't you think Olave is the most worthless dead for dynasty guy in history? Yeah, he's I mean, just- he's. It hasn't been the greatest. And the funny thing is, and I just pulled up his his game logs because he saw no less than five targets in any game this year. He's actually seen between he's seen eight or more in all but two games. So he's getting targets, and then he catches between like six or eight of them. It's that he had this two-week stretch where he had 25 targets. He caught 14 of them for like 150 yards and no touchdown. So you were seeing all this volume and just wasn't getting anything out of it. But he has five games this year with double-digit targets. Five. So, but yeah, and yeah, but he's he's not being as productive. He scored three touchdowns on the year too. So yes, the sky isn't falling. The dude's got six hundred fifty-seven yards and three touchdowns. Could could be a time to kick the tires and buy low. Yeah, I mean, he's going to put up a thousand plus yards and probably six or seven touchdowns with like eighty receptions. Like that's that's you know, and everyone hates him. Um. All right, receiving touchdowns. Tyreek Hill leading the way with eight. There are three guys tied for second. One of them is Stefan Diggs with seven. Do you know the other two guys with seven touchdowns tied for second in the league? Is one of them TJ Hawkinson? It is not. Um, receiving. T- oh, AJ Brown? Uh, AJ Brown is, I guess, would technically be tied for third. He has six. As does Romeo Dubs, who is of course he does pretty damn good. Uh, CD Lamb, it's not surprisingly CD Lamb. Actually, that was going to be one of my not surprising surprises. Where the <laughs> fuck is he on this list? I, he's not. He doesn't even. I don't even see him on here. This doesn't. This isn't a complete list. It's just the leaders. So I don't know where Lamb is off the top of my head. I'd have to. I know. I mean, he hasn't been like a. Massive touchdown score. He did just have two. And a week. reception yardage machine, though. Yeah, he didn't. You know, because he didn't score against the Eagles. He did. He did rush one in. Unlike our boy Tony Pollard. Here, so I'll give you one. We talked about him a, a little bit. Right, last week. I, hold on. Let me guess one. Just because I was talking highly. Of Go him. for it. Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton, seven touchdowns on forty-one receptions. Dude, he catches one every week. <laughs> oh, here's a fun one. Actually, 
The other guy, <clears throat> excuse me, the other guy with seven only has 45 receptions. So he's not as... Uh, Sounds like a Rashid Shahid stat there. Who is it? No. Jordan fucking Addison. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, listen, he got he got dirty early with Cousins. He was catching bombs. He's still catching them. Yeah, he's kind of cooled off the last couple of weeks, but, I mean, shit, seven touchdowns. Yeah, the kid know. is good. He has <laughs> scored touchdowns. Good. Yeah. The last two weeks, he's got nine receptions for 111, if my math serves me. Yeah, I know, I know he hasn't scored the last two weeks because I have him in. The one, the one uh, flea flicker league, and he's been okay, but I knew he hasn't scored recently. I, I want to put him in seven touchdowns by week eight. But heck, kudos okay. to uh, no. Jordan Addison. My my final thing here, and it's not this isn't even a trivia one. This was just very surprising to me. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you the. Do you know who's leading the league in yards per reception? Not a ton Rashid. of action. Tw- Twenty-one receptions. Rashid Sheed. No, he is eighth. He's my answer to everything. It's a good um, guess. This was a, a shocker to me. Literally. Not really a shocker. Well, yeah, it was a shocker. So it's it's Noah Brown, the Houston oh, Texans. Oh, yeah. Man. Noah Brown averaging twenty point nine. Then I went down the list and I get to number three, which is Nico Collins. At 17.5. So then I went down the old rabbit hole here and I got to number 18 where you find, or now it's 19. They must have updated this. Tank Dell, who's averaging 15. The fucking three Houston receivers. This has been a very Houston centric pot. 15, 17, and 20 per reception. Man, Stroud. Yeah, I mean, listen, Stroud pushing this ball down the field with results. Stroud's deep ball is sick. Uh, he's not afraid to push it downfield. This is it's fantastic. Yeah. But those were my uh oh, yeah. I wouldn't have got there with Noah Brown, who's yeah, last two weeks have been like otherworldly. I mean, what what he's done. Um kudos to him. Yeah, he's had 13 receptions for 325 yards and one touchdown the last two weeks alone. Right. His best season in Dallas at whole season, he had 43 receptions for five. 153 yards and three touchdowns in 16. And you know, games. he was even in Dallas when he would get forced into a starting role. 230 yards short and two touchdowns short across the two day, two games, man. One eighth he, of the season. He was good when he got a, a, a little. Well, he's only playing because uh, uh, Collins. Well, Nico it Collins. rotated. Nico Woods Collins was out. Hopefully, no Collins is out. Someone's yeah, always no, been hopefully out. They can keep Woods out. Yeah. Yeah, keep keep Woods out. I think that's the that's the answer. Yeah. Oh, I like that. We got to do that more often. All right. So we're running a little long on yeah. time right now. So I'm going to skip the breakouts because they're obvious guys. CJ Stroud, Brian Robinson, Noah Brown, and Michael Mayer. Uh, all the rookie tight ends have broke out at this point in time. The bus. Let me go through these bus. Trevor Lawrence. He's QB 29 this past week in FFPC scoring. And on the year, Lawrence has only thrown for 300 yards once, and he's thrown for two-plus TDs just twice in nine games. Trevor Lawrence has been – dog shit from a fantasy <laughs> perspective and yes i am dangerously close to relinquishing my uh my duval do designation do it do it officially here we are texans is it we are is that we are john we are texans I now i don't know what the thing is but yes it, it is we are texans yeah all right fuck it yep you're done trevor you're out 
CJ Shroud. Uh, we, we happily support the Houston Texans in the AFC South. Uh, Tony Pollard mentioned him as well. Running back 39, I blame Mike McCarthy. There's just nothing else to say here. The guy's a bane of my existence. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 52. Nuke's first game, we all remember, with Levis four for 128 and three touchdowns. His last two games combined, seven catches, 87 scoreless yards. It's not been pretty. It's not on Levis, as you mentioned. I agree. This offensive line sucks, but you know, we, we had hope that Hopkins would – you know, be able to return at least wide receiver two value. And that certainly hasn't happened the last several weeks. And then you mentioned Mark Andrews. What a bust again in a game where the Ravens score 31 points. Mark Andrews was tight end 18 on the week, secured two or four targets for 44 scoreless yards. They yeah, I said Andrews, busted. Andrews and Njoku were giant fades for me last week. I did. I did start them though. I had to. And Joku wasn't bad. Wow. I, he definitely what? outscored uh, Andrews. I know that. Unfortunately, it's not right. And Joe it was a tight end six, six for five, 58. Not bad. Yeah. Tight end six last week without a touchdown. You'll take it. All right. What do you got for me, Johnny? Yeah, just waiver stuff. I mentioned AT Perry. I wouldn't drop anybody you really like for him, but kind of worth the uh, dart throw, especially if Winston gets in there uh, and and I, New Orleans on the buy, right? So if they're on the buy, he should be off people's radar and super cheap. Um, and then that just Sean Corbin guy from on the Giants, that, that's a super dart throw. I wouldn't drop anybody you have any hopes for. But, uh, you know, if you got some real bums on your roster, you could plug this real bum in, hopefully carry him through the offseason and see if he gets any bit of run with the Giants going uh, down the stretch here. Uh, I am a Jay Sean Corbin fan. He was a Florida State product. Yes. I actually dra- drafted him in a few places. Or, or oh, look up. at you. Um, he came out. Uh, I believe this was just huge. Like, this is a blowout game. We're not. <laughs> we finally pulled Saquon out of that game. So I think that's the only reason he got a burn. They still have your boy Matt Breda there. So I don't know that there's a lot to be gained from him. But Barkley is on a one-year deal, and Breda isn't long for the team. So. You could certainly do worse in a deep dynasty than adding him for probably nothing. I mean, it's, it was largely on one run, I think, that he did most of his damage. But No, he did nothing on the ground. He actually was it receiving? Caught, three, caught three passes. Is that what it was? It was receiving. I know he had his stats were largely on one play, but regardless. Three, three, three targets, three receptions for 12, and his one carry was for one yard. All right, so definitely wasn't a long gain. I mean, don't don't know what I was saying. Could have been uh, could have been the t- could have been twelve yards and then two for nothing. <laughs> uh, he had a seven yard reception. That's that's what he got. Um, so was, must have been thinking about someone else. But yeah, I mean, there's there's really the you know, especially in deep dynasty, everything's been picked over at this point in time, right? You can there's a chance Corbin sitting out there, and he was an active running back um, in the NFL. So could definitely do worse. Um, for my guys, I, I like the AT Perry, and we probably should have talked about the teams that are on by uh, this week because you know obviously that impacts waivers and start sits and stuff like that. So it's Colts, Falcons, Patriots, and Saints. It's not a huge bye week. It's there's nothing on the quarterback perspective of significance. It's a good running. You know, I'd say it's a bad running back bye week. There's some serious names in there: Jonathan Taylor, Bijan Robinson, 
Alvin Kamara, Taysom Hill, Ramondre Stevenson, like those, uh, those type couple good receivers, not much on the tight end perspective. Um, so it's not the worst bye week ever, but my buys for this bye week are Bailey Zappi. Um, I gave Andy O'Connell last week. These are just deep super flex type buys. Like he's probably on someone's roster anyway, but there's a world where they name him the starter for the rest of the season. It seems like they're done with Mac Jones. It seems like Mac Jones is done with New England as well. Um, I don't really know who's to blame there. They all suck. Bailey Zappi is someone who could increase in value a little bit. Um, didn't do shit. Throw an interception himself. Uh, shocked the how bad they are. They're so <laughs> bad. So bad. Um, but you know, there's yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta throw some buys out there. So he's just the latest in a line of potential starters this season in the NFL. Running back, everyone's going out and getting Ty Chandler. And I like Ty Chandler. Um, I'm not saying don't get him, but we're one step closer to Dwayne McBride, who a lot of people were high yeah. on coming out of UAB when I think it was UDFA or round, you know, the late round pick. Um, they ended up releasing him, brought him on their practice squad. He, talking about uh, Jashawn Corbin, like he's a guy that might be out there um, and he's closer to being active and getting meaningful touches, um, you know, than he was uh, at the beginning of the year. Wide receiver Jalen Guyton, uh, Charger Speedster, he uh, scored this past week. He's It's his second game back um, on the season and he was started six times, four for 41 and a touchdown in this past game. They need speed badly. On this offense, they lost Mike Williams. Uh, they lost Josh Palmer. They're not getting it from Quentin Johnston. You know, there's opportunity in this pass catching group. Jalen Guyton's been there for a little while, has big speed, um, and he has a quarterback that can take advantage of that speed. So I think Jalen Guyton's a guy that you know you could certainly do worse than adding. Um, you mentioned A.T. Perry. I don't disagree. Supposedly they like that big receiver profile that's why he got action when michael thomas went out you know, and if that persists with thomas out and if uh uh cars out then sure I mean, Jameis at perry could actually be a thing um at the end of the day and then lastly bengal's tight end i don't know uh i don't know which one and i'm not here to try and guess you know the flavor of the week for them but all three of them were in the top 40 of the position um this past week if you can find the one that bubbles up, I don't think it's Irv Smith. Um, I actually don't believe that it's uh, just a blocking guy. Sample either. So I guess we're, we're left with uh, the, the tight end three there, whose name I don't even know, and I'm usually pretty good at knowing these guys. But there's opportunity in this offense, and they're keeping these pass catchers involved. Hudson, he saw seven targets this past week, caught six for 33. Tanner Hudson? Um, did something when Irv Smith only was one for six and then a uh, sample was two for 12. So maybe go get you some Tanner Hudson in these duper dead yeah, duper. I don't, I don't know if he was, I don't see him being injured. Mitchell Wilcox earlier in the year had a couple of good games. I don't know. No, he, he was active too. He didn't catch his only target. So they, they had four tight ends active um, in log snaps in this game. And Hudson, outproduced all of them combined this past week. That wasn't the case last week. I think it was Sample who scored a touchdown last week, but there's production in that tight end room. Um, you just have to figure out which one it is at the end of the day. So Irv Smith and Sample both scored last week. They both had four targets, both secured three of them. Sample for 30 yards and a touchdown. Irv Smith for 26 yards and a touchdown. But Tanner Hudson 
had five targets, more targets, four receptions, more receptions, and 45 yards, more yards than both of them, just didn't get the touchdown. So the last two weeks, Tanner Hudson's been the better tight end from a utilization perspective. He just wasn't the one that got touchdowns. So I'm, I'm playing the flag, not Bengals tight end. Tanner Hudson. Go get him. Yeah, I, I would go milk Wilcox, but we're we're splitting hairs here. <laughs> which yeah, listen, which... I mean, odds are that none of them will be worth a shit. But correct in tight end premium leagues with the volatility, give me a tight end that's catching passes from Joe Barrow. At the end of the day, you could do worse. You could do worse, John. I think that's it. Does that conclude? We concluded on Bengals tight ends. I am. I am so done. That will do it for us. So thanks for checking this out. Uh, Good luck in your leagues. It's uh, time to really get yourself jockeying, jockeying for position out there for these playoffs coming up. But for myself, John Abari, my co-host, Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Yeah, the headboard. Life. You look amazing. What's the, I give it a 10. Well, as we 10, and made me think of uh, ah, I got you, got you, got you. a football movie where the fat kid is give it a 10. 10. I'm stimulated. <laughs> and whatever else. I called? Actually- <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Blue something? Something blue? I, I with uh, the. Varsity Blues. Dawson's Creek kid. Varsity Blues. Yep. Kid, man, whatever the fuck it is. John Voigt playing the hard-nosed coach. I, I saw it when it came out, and then I've never seen it again. I probably watched it a few times over the years, but I have probably haven't watched it in 10 years. I mean, that movie's... What do, we, what do we think? When did Varsity Blues come out? Let's get crazy and say 1998. 99. Fuck yeah. I was like, it's going to be a lot older than I think. (laughs) That's where I went to. Like, yeah, my initial, my initial thing was telling me like 2004 or something. I was like, I got to shave a few off. 24 years ago. Movie could fucking. That movie could have joined the military and already been out. I mean, Billy Bob's changed his life. He looks like That's a psycho, right? But, huh? The fat one? Oh, he's not fat anymore. Well, there you go. Well, you're not gonna be able oh, to is that... Him. Who played it? Is that Ethan Suppley? Ron Lester. Oh. Yeah, so he... Uh, he has, he has the crazy smile. You know, I'm all Googling Ron Lester. Yeah. Hey, hey, uh, he's got a Texas Longhorns tattoo on his arm, too. That's a that's a thing. Oh, he's he dead. Is, he's is fucking he dead? dead. Oh, shit. Died in 2016. 
There's a picture of him in the hospital. It looks eerily like you. See right there? 